0: Can't sleep. Every time I close my eyes, I just keep seeing that thing. Wherever I was, that place. I think that it lives there. It was feeding there. Feeding on that deer. That means that if, if Will. Barbara Hey My mom said she talked to Will If he's alive There's a chance Barbara is too so That means that she's trapped In that place We have to find it again You want to go back out there Maybe we don't have to When I saw it He was feeding on that deer Meaning it's it's a predator right Right. And it seems to hunt at night like a like a lion or a coyote, but it doesn't hunt in packs like that. Man, it's always alone, like like a bear. And remember at Steve's when Barb cut herself, uh-huh. and then last night the deer. I was pleading, too. Sharks can detect blood in one part per million. That's one drop of blood in a million, and they can smell it from a quarter mile. Away. So you're saying it can detect blood? It's just a theory. We could test it. But if it works, at least we'll know it's coming. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Stranger Danger, covering episode six of the first season of Stranger Things, titled The Monster. I just again want to thank everybody uh, who has subscribed, who's downloaded, um, who's retweeted uh, the tweets that we put out there. I appreciate that very much so, but without further ado... It's Friday. It's time to get this show up and ready for you. So let's jump right into it. So the episode picks up exactly where we left off uh, in episode five. Jonathan was calling out for Nancy, and Nancy was in the under uh, the upside down, and she starts calling out for Jonathan. And uh, you know they could hear each other. That was interesting. They could hear her. He could hear her. She could hear him, and that window, that gate that we saw in the tree last time that closed, It either it reopened or there was another gate because Jonathan found it and he could tell that Nancy's voice was coming from it. So he just kept saying, follow my voice, follow my voice. Um, and boom, her hand shoots out and he ends up pulling her out just in time to see the, uh, just in time for the gate to close again. So if they have any chance of um, getting back in there, they're they're not quite sure exactly how they're going to do that. Now, uh, Nancy's quote unquote boyfriend Steve, he um he was kind of I think the last time he saw Nancy, she was kind of fighting with the bat, pretending to hit things, and she blew Steve off. Um, so he was a little angry, or he was just concerned. So he decided, you know, to go with his two uh, douche friends and drive over to Nancy's house. He's like, hey, just give me a minute. And he knows exactly how to kind of run quickly and climb up to her window and get into her room. And, which is creepy. And he looks in and sees Nancy being comforted by Jonathan. Hmm. Interesting. He's, uh, you could see he's a little, I don't know if it's heartbroken or if it's just like, you know, what the hell is going on here? We cut over to Hopper and Joyce. And when we last left off, uh, Hopper told Joyce, look, everything you said was true. You were right. You were right the whole time. So now he's filling her in with everything he kind of saw at the lab Um, and, you know, including the kids' room. And she's like, how did you know it was a kids' room? He's like, you know, there was a stuffed animal. There were drawings. And um, she's like, drawings, you know, and that's where she makes the connection because Will loves to draw. Will's really good at drawing He's like, you know, kids' drawings, stick figures. So she goes and grabs a bunch of his drawings. He's like, no, these what I have was stick figures. She's like, that's not Will. Um, and then he remembers that uh, the night that Benny, the diner, uh, the Benny from the diner was murdered, one of the uh, regulars there said, you know, Benny was dealing with another kid, a kid with a shaved head. And at the time, Hopper thought maybe that could have been Will, but he realizes, what if all this time I was looking... Uh, for Will, I was chasing the wrong kid. And that's where he um, kind of makes the connection of that whole Terry Ives storyline. Uh, a woman who was suing the lab, who was talking about having um, tests done on her and how they had a child and took it away. The, when she when he was at the library, um, going over all that microfiche, uh, so he's thinking, you know, maybe there's a connection there and if they could track down this Terry Ives, you know. Could be very helpful. We cut back, and apparently, um, Joyce is so, you know, into what the hell's going on right now that she's not too worried about where Jonathan is because we cut back to Nancy's uh, house. She's in the shower and she's just having flashbacks of the deer being pulled in, about her being in the underground, about this monster coming at her. So she's freaking out a little bit, and um, she comes out to see Jonathan in her room, laying down a blanket on the floor. He's like, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to. Uh, you know, just, you don't want to be alone. She doesn't want to be alone. So he was being the gentleman and offering to stay there, keep her safe, keep her feel com- keep her feeling comfortable, but on the floor, very respectfully. That lasted about five seconds. Uh, where he was like, can you come up here and just sleep next to me? Luckily, she has a lock on her door. Uh, we didn't all have those when we were kids. Uh, but she wanted to keep the lights on. So, you know, if her parents kind of did storm in, They'd probably be freaked. They'd probably be pissed. But they wouldn't see any hanky-a-panky. Or one couldn't, you know, they could definitely deny, deny, deny. And we cut back over to the same house, but downstairs in the basement. Mike's alone. He is, um, Eleven's gone. And he is pissed. He's pissed at everything. He's pissed at 11 for uh, attacking Lucas. He's pissed at Lucas for not trusting an 11. He's pissed at himself for fighting with Lucas. And he's pissed that 11 is gone. So he just kind of rips the whole fort down. He is peeved and pissed. Now it's the next day. And back in the 80s, uh, you couldn't say, where does this person live? And just look it up on your phone you'd have to either look in the white pages or call um, directory assistance. Or if you're the chief of police, you just call over into the office. So Hopper used a payphone uh, to get Terry Ives' address. And he's with Joyce. They're going together. They're going to find out. They're going to talk to this Terry Ives to say, I think we know where your daughter is. Now, it is morning, and Nancy basically couldn't sleep all night, as you heard in the opening. Um, Jonathan woke up to find her kind of sitting there thinking about the monster, going over different things, that the monster seems to be attracted to blood, that the monster hunts on its own. Basically, they're thinking, you know, we have to go out there and we have to find it again because um, if it can come back and forth, then maybe there's a chance Barb and Will can be back and forth as well. Something like that. But, you know, she figures out that she figured out the, how the, the monster hunted, and now she realizes, we need to go and get it. Now, this woman in the next scene, is when I saw her face, I was like, oh, no, that's not good. That's not good at all. The woman who uh, worked for Brenner that showed up uh, at the diner and ended up killing Benny, well, now she shows up at Mr. Clark's house. And you can blame that stupid principal uh, for saying, oh, Mr. Clark has some boys who play with his ham radio that exploded. Of course, how would he know that the guy coming to Fix the ham Radio was actually part of a governmental cover-up? Cover up. Um, but she shows up, and she's like, Hey, Mr. Clark, I'm here to talk to you about a wonderful thing that we're going to be doing, uh, starting a giant AV club. Do you have any kids in the area who you'd think uh, would be interested? We'd love to have the names and addresses of those kids. And again... Nowadays, I'd be like, I don't think I'm going to give away the names and addresses. Or maybe he just gave the names. I don't know. But, you know, he's like, I know just the kids. And of course, we all know who those kids are. So we cut back over to Mike's, and um, Dustin's with him. They haven't, you know, they haven't, they're not fighting. They're still friends. They're good. But they're fighting, they're arguing about the fight with Lucas. You know, Dustin's like, uh, you need to apologize. And, He's like, we need to find Eleven. He goes, listen, this is what we're going to do. You're going to go over there, you're going to shake his hand. They obviously have this code, this hunting party code from Dungeons & Dragons. and Just being, you know, nerdy little kids, they have a code. You go over, you drew first blood. You go over, you apologize. Then we'll go find Eleven together. Then we'll go find Will. Boom. We cut to a flashback. Eleven seems to be on her bed in her room uh, in Hawkins' laboratory. Uh, She's hoping, she wishes she could still be asleep, but... Doctor Brenner is coming to the room. Today is a very special day. Do you know why? Because today we make history. Today we make contact. Ow. You know, Brenner's in her room and he's like, today we make history. Today we make contact. Um, basically, he's like, you're you're very important. You know, he's buttering her up saying this is a very, very big thing. Um, and at first I thought, is it to find that guy again? Because you figured her finding people anywhere and hearing them is great in spying. Um, but... Is he talking about that or is he talking about now that she said there was a monster there and how, you know, she kind of filled them in? I don't know if they already knew there was something there or if now plans have changed and they're like, you know, today we're going to make contact. You're going to find that monster. Um, It wasn't all clear to me just at that moment. But it is in that moment in the episode where Eleven uh, wakes up. You know, she was uh, maybe having a dream. And she is in the woods. She's all messy. She's got the wig, but she's not really wearing it. She's in the dress, but it's all dirty. She spent the night uh, in the woods after letting down Mike. Um, and, you know, there's a scene where she kind of looks into the water, puts the wig on, you know, tries to tries to see herself as beautiful. Um, I'm guessing. This is all my guessing. You know, just is sad. She realizes the takes the wig off and probably thinks of herself as a monster and she just yells at the water and of course the water splashes and moves everywhere because of her powers We cut back to uh nancy and mike's house i don't think i know their last name and you know uh they're waiting for nancy to come down for, for breakfast but she hadn't come yet she never came uh so finally the mom uh goes up tries the room breaks into the room and uh Nancy's not there. There's music playing, but the window's open. She has uh, skipped out. I wouldn't say run away, but she's definitely left and looks like she's skipping school for the day. Back over with the boys. Uh, Lucas and Mike go over to, I mean, Dustin and Mike go over to Lucas's house. Uh, And Mike does apologize. You know, he apologizes, but they haven't shaken yet. Lucas basically wants them to forget the weirdo. Uh, And... Dustin and Mike don't. They're like, look, she has powers and, um, you know, we could use her. She could help us off and uh, help us out. And Lucas is just like, you know, not having it. You know, freaking girl threw her across the, threw him across a field. Uh, so Lucas is like, I'm out of here. I'm going to the gate. I'm going to find Will. He's going to do it on his own. He doesn't need Mike. He doesn't need Dustin. He doesn't need 11, 11 ends up finding a supermarket, um, And she goes in, and people are just staring at her. Uh, You know, all weird. And there's a lot of people in the room. And then we have another flashback where she is in the lab. Looks like she's dressed up, ready to go back into the tank. And um, Brenner says to her, you know, whatever it is, it can't hurt you. Um, So at that point, I realize, okay, it's the monster. He wants her to find the monster. Uh, She must have told him about it. So she gets into the tank and boom, she's again alone in that black void of nothingness. Uh, But back at the grocery store, she wanders around until she finds Eggos, takes a bunch of boxes and just walks right out with them. The grocery man is like, excuse me, excuse me. And she uses all her powers to kind of, you know, move things, uh, knock things over to get in his tracks and then boom, slams the door and um, just keeps walking. Hopper and Joyce, um, end up finding Terry Ives' house. Her sister answers the door. And they're like, hey, you know, we'd like to talk to uh, Terry Ives about, uh, her daughter or the laboratory. Um, she's like, ah, you're about five years too late. And they're like, what, can we ask her about her daughter, Jane? Um, well, they ask her about her daughter, Jane. And she just basically sits there in a wheelchair, catatonic, um, something, obviously, maybe it's from all the testing, but she is pretty much useless to anything that they were gonna try to get as far as questions or answers. Uh back over at Lucas's house, he's gearing up. He's gonna go find Will Alone, uh, and the rest of them can be damned. So he you know, he gets all his stuff, gets his compass, gets his walkie talkie, gets his Rambo bandana, which is badass, and uh just leaves on the on his bike in the house leaves his house on his bike. And it reminds me of just being a kid. And you just leave on your bike, and you'd be gone for hours at a time. And really, my parents had no way of knowing where I was or tracking me down. My dad would yell at the window, scream my name, "Yeah, Michael!" And uh, more often than not, I'd find him and then I'd come home. Um, nowadays, you could just text someone, but you know there were times where I was far enough away on my bike, and uh, luckily Lucas was able to take off on his bike. Uh, but when he leaves the house, he notices, you know, there's a van there in the neighborhood. He's like, "Oh." Yeah. Looks like the power companies here because the van says Hawkins Power Company. Interesting. Interesting indeed. We all know that this ain't no power company. But Mr. Clark gave that woman those names, and now these vans are showing up at their houses. Pum pum pum. Now Dustin and Lucas are out, they're out kind of looking for eleven, and they want to find Lucas, and they want to find Will. But Dustin, you know, he says, look it, look it, you know, you guys have been friends forever. I didn't come in until a couple of years ago. You and Lucas have been friends forever. Um, He's jealous. Mike's like, he's not jealous. He's definitely jealous. Uh, And they happen upon that same grocery store where, you know, the cops are there. There's people kind of all sitting around like, you know, something happened, kind of the aftermath of um, some sort of occurrence. And, uh, They're like, do you think that was 11? He's like, yep, I think so. And so they take off on their bikes, but there's a shoulder. They show a little shoulder of someone watching them. So I'm guessing it's the power company, again, looking for those two tykes. Back over at the Ives residence, uh, Hopper and Joyce are talking to uh, Terry Ives' sister. And she said, you know, uh, she was paid a bunch of these college kids at at some point. The government paid them, um, basically drugs uh mk ultra was what i think either the drug or the testing was called and believe me look up mk ultra it is a real thing uh where she's saying you know they were given lsd and put into isolation tanks they're like isolation tanks oh yeah you put in this you put in salt water so you can float and you lose all sense of uh time space and you know anything sound familiar Mm -hmm. yeah um so they were trying to quote unquote expand the boundaries of the mind, but what they didn't know was that Terry was pregnant at the time. Um, and they're like, "That's Jane," you know. Could they have taken this kid? And they're like, "Oh, I don't think you understand." Terry had a miscarriage, or at least that's what they told her. Uh, so they bring her in. Uh, the sister brings uh, Joyce and Hopper into. Uh, The room, the nursery, uh, set up for Jane. And it's been set up that way for 12 years. She keeps all this up. Been doing it for 12 years. Terry uh, pretends like Jane is real. Like she's going to come home someday. Says she's special. Born with abilities. Abilities. You read any Stephen King? <laughs> you guys look scared, actually. <laughs> I mean, his whole make believe. What kind of abilities? Telepathy, telekinesis. <laughs> you know, shit you can do with your mind. That's why the big bad man stole Jane away baby's a weapon of fighting the commies you know the doctors all say it's a coping mechanism you know to deal with the guilt do you think there's any chance she could be telling the truth about having had the the kid there's no birth certificate nothing from the hospital doctors and nurses all confirm that she miscarried yeah but that could have been covered up right well like I said you and Terry would have gotten along so I love that whole scene. I only played the second half of it, not the uh, conversation they were having at the kitchen table um, where Terry's sister brings her into the nursery and basically uh, talks about uh, what Terry calls her daughter's special abilities. Uh, you heard some really loud noises there. That was just um, cuts of uh eleven doing all kinds of different powers that she's done throughout the show. I just, I thought that... Um, Audio was really cool, so of course I wanted to share it with you. But we cut over now to Lucas. Um, He's following the compass, just like the boys were before, before Eleven screwed with the compass. And he's come right up to um, the lab, and it's a fence. And he's like, he's annoyed. So he starts walking across the lab, or walking the, the, um, the length of the fence, probably thinking I have to go all the way around this to keep going to get to the gate. We cut back to Jonathan and Nancy, uh, and it's actually kind of a, a lighthearted moment where they're going um, through uh, this hunting supply store, getting all kinds of uh, traps and gasoline and weapons and bullets. What the kid's doing with all this? Monster hunting so i thought that was a fun little moment uh they leave the store and these guys drive by in a, in a uh, car and said hey nancy can't wait to see your movie she's like what the hell are they talking about and she realizes that there's a movie theater around the corner she thought hmm what possibly could that be so she goes over she walks over and she just sees it and we don't see it right away and you can just see she is fuming she is fuming there's a movie theater uh, showing all the right moves, which is an old Tom Cruise movie, and underneath it says, you know, uh, Nancy Wheeler. Is it Wheeler? Did I just remember? Is a slut. Uh, and basically, it's just basically all painted on the on the marquee. She's a slut. And um, right around the corner, they're they're hanging out in an alley because that's what kids did then, I suppose. She walks right up to him and she's like, boom, slap, and. There's like a war of words, which then turns into a war of fisticuffs and Jonathan and Steve end up fighting and they beat the crap out of each other. Actually, Jonathan beat the crap out of Steve, Um, but the cops end up seeing it. They come in and Jonathan ends up shoving one of them inadvertently, really, but he ends up getting cuffed while Steve and his cronies all run off. Hopper and Joyce, they leave the Ives house and, you know, he's just like, look, if there's a chance, you know, what I would do or what I would give for a chance, because we all know he lost his daughter. Uh, and, he, you know, Joyce is thinking this was a dead end, but a chance. Even if there's a chance, it's worth it. And that's when some of his uh, deputies call over and say, there was a fight, and uh, we have Jonathan Byers in custody at the police station. Uh, the receptionist, I assume, is what she is Um Or the police administrator, I don't know. Or the dispatch, I don't know. I don't want to be uh, sexist. She gets some ice uh, to give to Nancy and, you know, to give to Jonathan. And she's like, uh, you know, obviously, you know, this was love. He's like, oh, no, no, is that your boyfriend? She's like, no, 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 no. She's like, well, uh, you should tell him that. She's like, what are you talking about? Anyone who did this obviously did this for love. So we cut over to Eleven and she's in the woods uh, eating her egos. Uh, And this leads to really one of the coolest, most badass moments in the entire series. She hears them. She hears Dustin and Mike. They're driving around. They're calling for her. She hears them. They're in the woods. So they can't be far from each other. And boom, the bullies find Dustin and Mike. And they're like, oh, shit. So, And one of them has a freaking knife, the main bully. I can't think of his name at the moment. But he chases them. And they leave their bikes behind and they run. We cut over, while this is going on, Lucas hits the corner of the, um, the fence and he realizes that, boom, the compass arrow turned and is still pointing at the lab. And that's when he realizes that maybe the lab is the gate. So he climbs a tree with his binoculars and he notices a bunch of military trucks and then a bunch of Hawkins Power Company vans, the same van that he saw parked outside his house earlier in the day. Now, back over to the bullies, they end up cornering them by the cliff, which, if you uh, remember earlier, is by the quarry, and that was what they originally thought is how Will uh, died. He probably fell into the quarry from the cliff. And the, one of the cops said a line once. He's like, I could make this jump. And he's like, nope, that's cement. If you hit that, you're dead. Um, but one of the bullies grabs Dustin, has a knife, and he's like, uh, "How'd you do it? How'd you make me pee? What the hell did you do?" And basically, he's like, "I'm going to carve out one of dust. You know, I'm going to make him completely uh, um, without teeth. Rip out the rest of his teeth." And they're like, "Please don't! Please don't! Please don't!" And he's like, "Listen, um, you you want me to you want me to you know let him go? You need to jump the cliff." I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? They're like, "I'm not going to jump the cliff." But Mike is an awesome friend. The other bully's like, "Uh, uh, this isn't a good idea. Um, But Mike approaches the cliff, and you could just see how high it is. You could see that um, if he jumps, he's going to die. The other bully's not into it. And Mike, being the awesome friend that he is, jumps. Dustin and the two bullies run up to the edge, look over. And what do they see? They see Mike frozen in midair stuck kind of flailing his arms he flies back up where he came from and boom he hits the ground the boys turn around and there she is in all her badassery is 11. You better run. Dean's our friend, and Dean's crazy. You come back here, and she'll kill you. You hear me? She'll kill you, you son of a She'll kill you. You hear me? So Eleven basically collapses. I don't know if she passes out completely, but she collapses, and we get another flashback to her back in the void uh, when she went to the tank, and she sees the monster eating, and she approaches it. Um. You know, Dr. Brenner said, it can't hurt you. But he also said, this is when we make contact. So she goes right up to the monster. And she touches it. And the moment she touches it, you see her screaming in the tank. The lab starts going bonkers. The walls start, start ripping apart. And you realize that the gate is being created. And that's when Eleven wakes back up with the boys outside the quarry. I'm sorry. Sorry? What are you sorry for? The gate. I opened it. I'm the monster. No. No, Ellie, you're not the monster. You saved me. Do you understand? You saved me. There's a, uh, just a really nice visual that's actually the art for this episode. Um, the image that I used on the website, fansonexperts.com, and it's Dustin, Mike, and Eleven, all hugging, all embracing after a pretty scary moment all around. So they make their way out of the woods, and they're heading back to uh, Mike's house. But what they don't see is that someone is watching them. It's that same dude in his Hawkins power company van i have eyes on them now they're heading home so you see over at the lab uh brenner and all his cronies all his soldiers are gearing up and lucas notices a bunch of vans kind of all these power vans leaving and they're heading to the neighborhood um and the kids have no idea the only person who knows is lucas so i think he jumps out of the tree and he's obviously making his way back to the neighborhood But in the neighborhood, we see Lucas, Dustin, we see Mike, Dustin, and Eleven heading into Mike's house. They have no idea that someone's coming for them. And that is the end of episode six of Stranger Things. The monster. So what did we learn? I like to try to talk about different things we may have learned in this episode. Uh, Number one, we learned that Jonathan and Nancy are teaming up to be a scooby gang of monster hunters. Um, They think they figured a few things out about the monster from her observing it. And they're gearing up and they're ready to go get some monster stuff. But in the meantime, Nancy got a little embarrassed by her uh, pricky boyfriend, which ended up Jonathan getting arrested. So, hopefully, they don't check Jonathan's car and find all this equipment. That wouldn't be very good. Now, with the kids, we learned that Eleven, uh, she's the reason the gate is open. She touched the monster, and some kind of connection from one realm to the other opened up the gate, um, which started everything. We know that Lucas is pissed off at the guy still, doesn't really want to deal with Eleven. Um, and wants to go on his own. And going on on his own, he's found a lot. He found that the gate is obviously at the Hawkins Lab and that the Hawkins Lab has those same vans that are in his neighborhood and a bunch of them are heading out. Um, you know, what else did we learn? Well, we learned a lot from Hopper and Joyce. They teamed up to go um, basically see Eleven's mother. I mean, that's who it has to be. And, or at least that's what we're led to believe. And they found that, um, you know, basically this woman was pregnant And she was told she had a miscarriage, but she claims that there's a daughter with special powers out there. It all sounds very familiar, uh, her going through all her testing. And I mean, really, I think, and we found out that Eleven's powers are even better than we thought because she could take Mike and fling him through the air. I mean, and she can break a dude's arm. Uh, Pretty awesome. And that, I think, is that covers everything. And this episode six was the last episode that I watched on my one day binger. I was home sick one day. I know Stranger Things was on. And I watched six episodes in a row. So these six are like, to me, the core six. And yet, as far as I'm concerned in the show, there's still a ton more that happens. And there's only two more episodes. So obviously, these these episodes are packed with all kinds of excitement. And I cannot wait to get to them. And I can't wait to talk to you about them. And of course, you know you will be hearing from me in one week's time for episode seven. But until then, I want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and listening to Stranger Danger, part of the Geek Mentality podcast, part of fans.experts.com family of podcasts, which of course is Stranger Danger, Geek Mentality, Wrestlephania. I do have another podcast in the works uh, called 52 Songs a Year. That's going to be coming out uh, within, you know, sometime soon. Uh, man Meets World, which is a Boy Meets World podcast that my cousin, who is a man, a grown man, does it. Um, there are 10 episodes, I believe, up there now, and you never know, there could be more in the future. But if you all go to fans.experts.com, you can find them all there uh, with links to subscribing and iTunes and all kinds of stuff. And I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Now, if you go to fans.experts.com uh, today on Friday, you're going to see that this isn't the only podcast we're putting up because I have another podcast that I need to go record right now. So until next time, until we come back for Episode 7, and until we learn more about the Hawkins and the boys and the girl and the monster and the gate, beware the Demogorgon. Fans not experts.